All right, everybody, welcome to the Buyer Enablement Podcast. At this one right now, I'm going to tell you right now, you might want to take the volume knob on your stereo and turn it just slightly down from the last episode you listened to because the person that I have coming on today, man, we talk about bringing energy into sales, but this guy takes it to a whole nother level. Like this guy brings energy like 10 times the energy of anyone you've ever met. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with this guy. I'm going to do my best. I feel like I'm going up against Mike Tyson in a fight, and I know I'm about to get knocked out, but it's fine. We're going to do this. Larry, I'm going to give you the floor here to introduce yourself. Anyone watching knows who you are already. If they're seeing your face on the video, they're like, no way did Josh get Larry. This doesn't happen. But here we go, Larry. You got the floor. Make an introduction. Tell the people who you are. Man, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for hosting me, Josh. I'm here on the Buyer Enablement Podcast. You got me swagged out with a gold microphone. I mean, you make me feel like a king. I mean, I'm blushing. I know you can't tell, but I'm blushing. I'm just privileged and fortunate to be here with you. Uh, Going to be chopping it up about the uh, about the buyers, about the sellers, all things sales, and uh, essentially dropping some knowledge, dropping some tangible action items that all your listeners can, can put in the play so that they can start knocking out these home runs and really adding value. Yeah, I got a bag of tricks over here. I know you're like, what in the, what in the <laughs> world? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep you on your toes. Yeah, so yeah like he said, Go ahead and put your seatbelt on and let's get ready to roll. Let's go. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, you're missing out. Stop the podcast right now. Go over to the full length video on our YouTube channel because already, already in the first minute, we have two Larryisms. We have the gold mic. We have the pink baseball bat. We've got the Gallagher bag of tricks happening over here. He's going to smash a watermelon before we get too far, probably. And sales are going to magically explode right out of it. Deals are going to come right out of that watermelon. So if you're listening, you might want to switch over to the video. I'm just going to tell you right now, because this guy, I, Larry, honestly, I can't wait. Like, there's so much value coming out of you. One of, one of the, the big things um, that I hear you say a lot is to be a go-giver, right? Don't be a go-getter, be a go-giver. And I'm not going to go too far on this. I'm going to let you explain it, but you live this every single day, man, because you are always giving help to everybody. If you're not following this man on LinkedIn, start following this man on LinkedIn. If you see he's speaking at an event, he speaks at a lot of events, go listen in on those events. They're more accessible now than they've ever been because they're all online. But let's talk about this go-giver strategy that you have right now. Yeah, and that that's really what, what I believe life is all about, business is all about, community is all about. And there's nothing wrong with being a go-getter. I, I love go-getters, but I really love go-givers. And, and, and the best way to sum it up is a quote by the great Martin Luther King Jr. Life's most urgent and persistent question is, what are you doing to help others? So if you use that as your guiding kind of North Star on a daily basis and you ask yourself, when I wake up, I say, Larry, what are you going to do to help someone else out? Not what are you going to think about, dream about, kind of write down, that's great, saying, ain't doing. What are you going to do to help someone else out today? And if we all take that approach and we look to give, whether it's our colleagues, whether it's our clients, whether it's our, our, our prospects, you name it, if we really put their needs at the forefront, what's going to help them get to where they want to get to, overcome the obstacles that they're facing, 
I think we're all going to win. And I don't know if you know this, I got a smile for a mile. I love to smile and there's no better thing to smile about than when you're helping someone else to accomplish their goals and they're smiling. Now it's just contagious and it's like, hey, let's go ahead and pass it on. Let's pass the baton and help as many people as we possibly can. That's what it's all about. Come on, Josh. It's so great. It's so great. And you're so and you're so right too, right? Like there is nothing, uh, I used to have a boss years ago uh, when I was early in my sales career working in a telemarketing office, which I highly recommend actually. I mean, it's very, it's very much not a job that I would want to have for any long duration of time. But man, the amount of things you learn in even just 30 days of working in a call center um, is, is you can't replicate that learning anywhere. But the boss there used to always make us wear ties. And I always used to think, well, this is stupid. Like this, this job, I couldn't get any lower than this job in my life. Why do I have to wear a tie? Why do I have to come into this place wearing a tie? And he said, because if you look successful, you'll feel successful, you will be successful. Now, I don't wear a tie ever anymore in my life because I've promoted myself to a position in my own little bubble where I don't have to wear a suit ever again. And I never will as long as I live. But what I can say is that your attitude, your attitude is absolutely everything. Wearing a smile, when I'm on demo calls with people all day, wearing that smile, it builds the excitement, right? It builds the friendship, it builds the trust, it moves things along so much faster. I've had people tell me before, I wish my sales reps would give demos like you. And I immediately think, I bet all you really want is for your reps to smile more. I bet that's what you really want. Because that is, that's the one thing that I think, look, a lot has changed in sales recently. We talked about this before the other day. A lot has changed very recently. One of the things that's changed recently is the fact that we're always always on in this sense, where we're, we're not face-to-face. This is as face-to-face as we get. And I think sometimes we forget. Like, okay, I would have been smiling with you if we were sitting at a table in a coffee shop. I should probably be smiling with you while we're on this Zoom call as well because I can still see your face, Larry. You can still see mine. If I if I have a resting bitch face disorder going on right now, like you're not going to be feeling it, right? You're not going to want to keep talking to me. You're going to want to get off. So look, you talk about this. You talk about energy a lot, but you you lead by example with energy, right? Where do you find all this energy, man? Where do you find it? Josh, it's within and and we all have it within us, but it's a choice. Uh, I could wake up in the morning just like everyone else. I could turn on the news and be in a bad mood for the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year. I watch enough news to know what's going on, but I also make sure that I feed myself uh, good books, good podcasts, good videos, and I love it. I go to YouTube, that's my best friend. You watch one positive video, next thing you know. You watch Tony Robbins, they recommend Eric Thomas. You watch Eric Thomas, they recommend Will Smith. You watch Will Smith, and then the next one, and it's just this great cycle. It's it's like contagiousness, where it just keeps on passing the goodness. That's where I find it, but also within. I mean, I'm a big believer that every day on this earth, is an opportunity and really a responsibility for us to make the most of it. I think the, the term is carpe diem, seize the day. I met a gentleman that had it tattooed, carpe diem on one side of his arm. He had carpe noctum. I said, oh, I'm a little bit too old to be seizing the night, maybe back in my younger years. But I get the feeling that, and I definitely agree that it's our chance to maximize every opportunity we have on this earth because whether you want to admit it or not, we're all running to that finish line. 
and we don't know when our finish line is going to hit. So each and every day, I just make a choice that until I hit that finish line, I'm going to make the most. I'm going to help as many people as I can and really leave, hopefully, a lasting positive legacy that can be passed on for generations upon generations. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And I mean, I hear you say in a lot of the content that you make, the question of what is holding you back, right? Like, I've heard you say this. I've heard you say this. It reminds me of uh, my first boss in marketing had this, this line that I used to love when I was working on, you know, trying to get some meetings, trying to get some people to move forward on things. Uh, and they'd say, you know, Hey, you know, we're going to get around to it. We're going to get around to it. That was the response. Right. And I'd always tell him like, yeah, they're going to get around to it. Right. One day he took a piece of paper and he drew a circle and he wrote the word it inside of it. And he said, there you go. There's your round to it. Now, can you actually like move forward? Can you do this? Right. That was his version of Larry's what's holding you back right? But it's an important lesson for people to understand. There's always going to be things getting in the way. There's always going to be things getting in the way, right? But like, what's holding you back? Let's identify those things and let's move through this, right? You talk about this all the time. What do you want to say about that? Yeah, it's, it's so important. And I mean, in life, we have choices, we have decisions. And what I found in the sales process a lot of times folks have that relationship where they don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, Larry, you're so nice. I don't want to tell you no. It's my responsibility as a professional to give you permission and to let you know from the very, I think they call it an upfront contract, to let you know that the best favor you can do me is to be honest. And if this isn't going to be a fit for right now, please share that with me. Don't go ghost. Don't string me along and say, oh, we're working on it. It's like, hey, I'm not going to cry in front of you. I'll wait until we hang up. Then I'll let the crying Jordan meme uh, face come about. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with having fun with it. Uh, essentially, people are people and they like to have fun. Sometimes we take ourselves too serious. And essentially, I ask, why so serious? You got your game face on. I could see if you were up the bat, bottom of the ninth inning against Florida State, but we're, we're, we're doing business. Yeah. We're helping people. We're helping them accomplish their dreams, their hopes, their aspirations. So yes, the question is what's holding you back. But oftentimes we've got to ask ourselves what's holding me back from being the best daggone professional that I can be. And many times it's that person in the mirror. So yeah. essentially if we ask ourselves that tough question, now we have permission to ask our clients, to ask our prospects, What's holding you back? And then ultimately, the best question is, how can I help? What can I do to help you to get over that? Or is there any help? Sometimes there's just, hey, we we just got to part ways as friends. Uh, Other times it's like, hey, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. Let me make an intro for you. Yeah. It all comes around. Well, and regardless, you're helping, right? Because if you're, if you truly are helping them, and I know you preach this a lot, I do as well. This is the most important thing to be focused on in sales right now is to be helping. You don't need to be selling all day long, right? Like not if it's not helpful, be helpful. And sometimes the most helpful thing to do is just to align somebody with a better resource for what they're actually looking for is to just have the understanding of where your limitations are, whether it's you personally, or if it's your company's limitations that you're representing, understanding where that, where that breaking point is, where this no longer makes sense for me to be in this game and this discussion, you don't need to lead them down there. Winning that deal, that's not a win. 
That is not a win. If it's not a good fit for both sides, that's a bad deal right there. And it's going to bite you. It's just going to bite you, right? And you know so this. true. So you true. And once again, we're, we're trying to play matchmaker. We're, we're trying to match whatever product, whatever service, whatever thoughts, ideas we have with someone else's needs. Sometimes they don't know their needs, but their needs, their wants, their, their hopes, dreams, aspirations, challenges. And if we can really play match to it, we're now helping, we're now selling. I had someone tell me, and he's, he's a small business owner. He said, ah, my, my cousin can sell ice to an Eskimo. I said, well, you tell your cousin that I don't want a piece of that action because that's not sales, that's scams. The Eskimo yeah. doesn't need ice. Come on, Cletus. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it isn't. That is not a skill. And so many times that gets repeated. I mean, Tommy Boy, every salesperson's favorite movie, right? Tommy Boy laughs when, when someone makes the comment about selling a ketchup popsicle to an Eskimo, right? Laughs at that, right? Well, maybe he should have been laughing at that, right? Because that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make anybody happy. That doesn't work. But I think that the challenge right now, and I think we all understand this, we all understand we don't want to sell a bad deal. We've all sold a bad deal in our lifetime to hit quota, and we all learned from that lesson and we decided to never do it again. But we're going through some turbulent times right now. Like the world of sales has changed. Look at my phone ringing. How professional is that? The world of sales has changed so much in the last six months that I think a lot of people are sitting back and going, Maybe I should re-examine taking every deal that comes to me. Maybe I don't want to walk away from these deals, right? Are you seeing this a lot? Like, I know you're talking to a lot of sales professionals. Are you seeing this? Well, it's, it's always going on. Come on, Josh. I mean, it's, it's human nature. But ultimately, as individuals and organizations, we've got to set our core values. And the one that I love, a company I used to work for, Intuit, uh, they pretty much said, integrity without compromise. And that's where you're absolutely right. There's some compromising going on. There always has been uh, in business, in life, and in sales. But if you say integrity without compromise, because we all run into situations. My son is 11. He goes through situations every day. And there's a right choice and there's a wrong choice. What happens is, and I'm, I'm wearing it, we get into the gray and it gets fuzzy. And essentially you can tilt and twist anything to say, yeah, it's not right, but it's not wrong. If it's not right, it's wrong. Mark Cuban at the beginning of the pandemic, he said, uh, get your popcorn out and keep an eye out because individuals and organizations are gonna let their true colors shine through. Oh, and man. lo and behold, I've been eating my popcorn and I'm taking notes. So true. Yeah. Uh, essentially, those that are doing things the right way, that can go to bed and sleep well at night can look themselves in the mirror and know that everything that I'm doing is in the spirit of serving others. Yeah. They're going to be in great shape in the long run for the most part. I mean, does it always work out? No, I'd be lying if I said it's all daisies and roses. But essentially, those that are doing the things that they shouldn't be doing and they know it, they might not pay now but they're going to pay later. And I found that you either pay now upfront or you pay later, but you're gonna pay. And, and there's countless examples of organizations that thought that they could get away with it and pull a slick one. And they were able to on the short term, but it eventually catches up to you. And it's just not, it's not good. And, and in good conscience, 
I wouldn't be able to do that just because I want to do right by people. I want to do right by my organization and feel proud and be able to hold my chest up high and my head up high and say the work that I'm doing is meaningful. It's impactful and it's having a positive impact on other lives. This is why I wanted to have you on here, Larry, because this is exactly what we what we try to stress when we're trying to educate people about what this whole movement of buyer enablement is. Okay. Because at its core, buyer enablement for someone like you, you understand it's about creating that experience. It's about creating a positive experience throughout the sales process. Now, what you were talking about there, businesses that, you know, grab some popcorn, just like Mark Cuban said, right? Watch, see what they're doing. You're right. They're not paying for it in many cases right now what they're doing. But I can name, and I won't because that wouldn't be smart. That wouldn't be nice of me, but... There's some companies right now, I'm watching them, and I'm saying, guess what? You might make it through this, but you're not making it after, right? You're making it through this because of some other reasons, but what you're doing right now is destroying your brand. You are destroying the experience that people used to have with your brand. People fall in love with brands, they do. This is why it's really important for every employee to understand the role they play in the brand narrative in every conversation that they have with somebody, with a prospect, with a customer, whatever, because people fall in love with the brand. Now in sales, it's great because they also fall in love with the people that introduce them to that brand, right? And that's where like, if we do it right, if we do the personal brand game right, if we control the narrative right with those conversations, we're never gonna be without work because we can work wherever we want and those people, they love us enough. They're gonna follow us to the next job. And if we have a, a product or service that fits what their needs are there, they're going to come back to us. They're always going to refer friends to us. It's going to work out for us. But people fall in love with those brands. And this is important to pay attention to. If you are a salesperson right now, watch what your company is doing. Watch how your company is responding to this situation. Because if your company itself is destroying their integrity and their brand and the experience, it's going to make your job 10 times harder, right? And you have to ask yourself, do I want to represent a company? that operates in that way. Because the longer you represent a company that operates in a way that is not on par with your personal beliefs and the way that you want to conduct business and the way you want to treat your customers, uh, the more it's going to destroy your own personal brand and your own opportunities further down the line in your career. So be paying attention to those kind of companies right now. There's some that are hiring right now. I wouldn't work for them if they were paying me three times as much as I'm able to make right now. I wouldn't because it's going to absolutely destroy me in the long run. And it's not going to be the kind of thing I want to sell to people. I think that when we talk about energy, bringing energy into the sale, the only way you're going to be able to do that authentically is if you actually believe in what you're selling, is if you actually believe that what you're selling is going to achieve their desired results. It's going to solve for their pain point. And if it doesn't, it's going to be really hard to muster up that energy, man, because you're lying as loud as you can. And that's not fun, right? <laughs> You're so true. And what you said there is that internal true belief. People, they can smell BS a mile away. People are not dumb. You might think that you're the smartest person in the room, but people can smell if you don't really believe in your heart, believe in your mind that you have a solution, people can, they can sniff it and it normally sniffs not very good. Now, when we talk about buyers and we talk about employees and organizations, one thing I'm hearing, Josh, is there's a lot of professional sellers that are disengaged because their companies are not doing the right things uh, for their clients, for their employees, and it, it, it stinks. 
And right now, because of the market, you're not seeing a lot of movement. But hold on, wait a minute. When things start to rebound, which they will, we don't know when, but when they do, I'm, I'm, I'm not a uh, fortune teller, but there's going to be a lot of movement of people that are disengaged that, that are going to say, I need to exit this current situation and find a new sandbox to uh, build my sandcastles in. No, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. It's going to happen. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm having conversations with people that are already looking, right? Um, and, and they always question, like, should I be looking right now? Shouldn't I just be lucky to have a job? Well, not if it's not a job you want, right? You're lucky to have a job if you have a job you love every day, right? But not if you don't want to be there, not if they're not supporting you. So, you know, what can you do? Look, let's go back to What's been changing in sales? Look, you're, you're, you're talking to all kinds of sales professionals all the time. And I know you're hearing tips. I know you're hearing tricks. I know, look, everyone knows sales has changed. If you work in sales right now, like your job has changed and you had a decision to make. You either changed with the times or you're still waiting for it to go back to the way it was. And if you're waiting for it to go back to the way it was, I don't think I'm the first person to tell you, like, you better stop waiting. Because like, if you keep waiting, it's really going to hurt in a couple of years when like everyone passes you by because things are changing in this industry. What are some of the tips and tricks that you've been discussing with people in the times that we're in right now, looking forward to what's going to happen next? What are, what are some of those tips and tricks you've been having? It, it comes down to the core. And these are things that sales professionals and business professionals should have been doing all along. I think we hear the word empathy. We should have been exhibiting empathy before a pandemic. Uh, I think we hear the term of getting close to your clients. That should have been going on all along. Relationships. So we know that relationships are key, true, genuine relationships. We should have been building and fostering those relationships. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the, the buzzwords of customization, personalization, understanding the needs that's th these are all table stakes these are basic fundamentals but i'll tell you what when the market is going great it's easy to kind of get by without those fundamentals now we've been exposed and folks are like uh-oh I, I don't know how to how to foster a new relationship i don't know how to pick up the phone and actually have a conversation that adds value and have a conversation where i actually ask a question shut up and listen and actually understand what that person really means, their mindset, the, 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 the feeling behind it, what's their philosophy. I'm just going through and I'm checking boxes. So tell me about this and tell me about, no, you've got to really understand the current situation, the environment, what's holding them back and where you fit in to help them to get to their goals. So we're seeing a lot of that. And, and essentially it's great, I love it. Because during times of chaos, I think they say there's so much opportunity. And when opportunity knocks, you better answer the door. Because if you don't, guess what? Someone else will. I'm not going to tell you who, but I think you can guess. If you're watching the video, you'll see that I'm pointing at myself. So I encourage all the listeners out there to do an audit and figure out where can I step my game up? Is it around the industry? Is it around my product or products and services? Is it around my company and our core values and the core, uh, essentially who we are at our core? Is it around my selling skills, essentially my listening skills, my discovery and qualification skills? Where can I get better as a professional 
That's really what we're talking about, Willis. Yeah. No. <laughs> talking about Willis. I love that. There we go. Why not bring that in? I love that. No, it's so true that we talked about this on the uh, on the pre-show where I mean, come on. The, these skills, this is this is table stakes, right? How how did we allow ourselves to forget all of these things that were so critical and you're right. It's just because times have been so much easier for way too long. And you know, I think Larry, we have the benefit we have the benefit of age. I can say that. I'm about to turn 40 in in three days. I'm about to turn 40 in three days. For Halloween this year, I get to be a 40-year-old. I'm depressed as hell about it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. But look, I've been around long enough and I've been in sales long enough where the things that people are having to figure out right now, many of those things were things that I already had to learn to excel at years ago. And so it's just reminding myself to get back into that flow. Um, and the things that have changed about sales is really just the technology as far as I'm concerned, right? Like the basic fundamentals haven't changed. It's just now, how do you bring those basic fundamentals, amplify them by leveraging the technologies that exist out there, right? You're so, you're, you're, you're so true. And I yeah. love what you said about amplifying the technology tools. And it's just like, I mean, uh, the, 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 the tools that we have, it's kind of like having a tool belt. And uh, you better know how to leverage each and every one of those tools to your advantage or you're going to have a tough time of having success. And technology provides us with efficiencies. It provides us with some some optimization, some automation, which is good. But we can't use that as a crutch and get away from the basic core fundamentals of sales success, business success, just really selling at its core. And I think that what we need to pay attention to is uh, not just grabbing tools because tools are fun and they're out there and like use them all. Like they don't all make sense to you. It's just like how marketing teams have to sit back and say, should we put this on Instagram or Facebook? Well, I don't know. What's your strategy here? Who are you trying to talk to? Who is your audience? Where do you think they hang out? It's the same thing in sales. Just because video-based tools exist doesn't mean every customer that you're talking to is going to love when you send them 15 videos. They're not. Look, and I love video. I use video all the time in my sales efforts. My product has video built into it. I love video. I still know video isn't perfect for everybody. Not everybody wants it. Some people see those videos and they go, well, this is kind of creepy, right? I had someone just today, I was on a demo call and they're like, does anybody ever like not use the video do they think maybe it's a little creepy? I'm like, I don't know. Do you think video is creepy? He's like, eh, sometimes when I get videos, I think it's creepy. I'm like, well, I'm not going to send you any more videos then. You know, I don't want you to think it's creepy. That's just not your thing. And that's fine. Now I know, right? There's so many tools though. Just understand who are your buyers? What will resonate with them? What do they have the time in the day to like allow into their lives. They might not wanna watch a two minute video. Even condensing your message into a two minute video instead of having a 15 minute meeting might not be the best case for them. So you gotta really understand who your audience is and then identify the tools that make sense to help them move forward in their journey better. And there's a lot of companies that you know specialize helping you figure out what tools you should have in your tech stack, right? Um, and you know, I think that's an important thing, but I, sometimes I come across companies recently, I was just talking to one and I asked him the question, like, what do you currently have in your tech stack? Right. And usually it's like, well, we have a CRM and then we have like two or three other things. Right. This dude, he, he tells me, he goes, no, man, I love technology. I love sales tech. And he starts going down the list 
and I'm taking notes as I go and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is adding up. This is costing you like $7,000 a month per rep just to have all these tools at their disposal. They better be crushing quotas without even getting out of bed with all of these tools, right? But no, not unless you're using them the right way. And this guy was really smart. I'm not beating him up. He was really smart. The ones he had, they actually all played well together and they all suited different needs. And he was breaking them up in different groups in the organization. It wasn't like a free for all, but man, you got to be careful with some of those tools. So true. And you made a comment earlier, Josh, I was listening closely. You talked about understanding your clients and your prospects. The only way that you can understand is to ask questions to essentially, I call it tuck in, to be in there, to be in their shoes, to be in their mind, to be in their heart and understand what's going on. Because if not, you're just really, you're, 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 you're just uh, taking, taking a wild stab, a wild guess. But the closer you are, the better you can understand and the better you understand. Now you're able to navigate and find the path to how you really add value to your clients, to your prospects. I love what you said there. Yeah. And it's look, these are all table stakes, as you said, and you just described empathy, right? So like empathy is the buzzword of the day. Everybody's throwing around empathy, but you're totally right. Like these are the things we were supposed to be doing. We were supposed to be putting ourselves in their shoes all along. We were supposed to be understanding their struggles. We were supposed to be identifying ways that like we can actually help them, right? So we do need to get back to those basics. And, you know, I'm a big fan of these tools. I really am. I'm a big fan of these tools as long as they're used appropriately, right? I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the AI driven stuff that exists out there because I think that, you know, some of that AI stuff in a sales process kind of takes away from the humanizing component of it. Um, I like to put in a little extra effort. I don't mind selecting tools that take a little bit more intervening on my end to like put in that extra effort. Not to say that there isn't some AI tools that are great, but like I just prefer to spend a little extra time myself and personalize that experience, right? I think it makes all the difference. I think that, you know, right now, with sales professionals having to kind of refigure out how to sell right now. Um, the people that are figuring it out are really standing out in their prospects' minds. And they're the ones that are winning those deals. They are, seriously. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much room for disruption right now um, that if you're willing to just embrace some of these tools and really strategically think about how can I use these to the benefit of my customer. Don't look at it as how can I use this to the benefit of me? I think that's where a lot of sales tools go wrong. A lot of people look at it and they go, how's this going to benefit me? How am I going to get things done faster? How am I going to get things done without doing too much work? How am I going to, and they don't think about like, okay, but how is the customer receiving this? How is this improving my customer's journey? How is this making the customer feel more comfortable and want to work with me? That's what buyer enablement's all about. It's not sales acceleration. It's not sales enablement. It's not smart. Like those things are all important, but those are all internal facing. Start considering your customer, right? They're on this journey with you. They need to make some really tough decisions. You're not the one making the tough decision. You're selling them here. You're just helping to guide them. You have the tough job of getting the deal, but they're making the tough decision of putting their neck on the line because they're selecting you as their vendor or their product or their service, right? They're going to vouch for you to their team. They are the ones making the hard decision and they're going to have to open up their pocketbook and say, well, we only had the X amount of budget and I'm going to give X percentage to this company because I believe in it. That's a hard decision. We should be, we should be helping them more with that. Big time. And you talk about the customer journey. You talk about customer enablement. And that's really what 
is at the forefront or should be at the forefront. A uh, lot easier said than done. And uh, we all know that old habits are tough to break. But as you said, those that have figured it out or are figuring it out, they're getting a head start. And you're seeing the separation between those organizations and those professionals that get it and those that are kind of stuck in the stone ages and just say, hey, I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and expect just a magical different result. I think they call that insanity. <laughs> that, is, that is insanity. That is the definition of insanity. I know. I know. We all want it to go back to the way it was, right? We all say that. But you know what? When we say it, like, I, I don't actually mean that. When I actually think about it, I'm like, actually, I mean, minus this COVID thing and all the other craziness happening in the world right now like we're kind of moving in, a, in an interesting way right now like there's a lot of people opening their eyes right now there's a lot of people that are rediscovering the love for their families right now there's a lot of people that are reinvesting in the jobs that they have because they're learning that like it wasn't so bad right like this is good like there's a lot of good happening with all the craziness that's happening as well right now and so i i you know i don't I don't want it to go back to the way it was in sales. I don't think it will personally either. I think that where we're all moving right now, like that's why I say, stop waiting for it to go back. Get good at the way it is now because the way it is now is more likely the way it's going to be in the next six to 12 months, right? Um, I mean, I, I love to tell people like, you think it was hard to get a meeting with someone in person before COVID. Wait till they learn how much more effective other sales professionals were in a digital sense, right? Wait and then ask them for that one hour meeting, right? And they're gonna be like, no, why can't we just do this over the phone? Why can't we just do this in the next 15 minutes? I don't need to, I don't need to drive across town to come to your office to meet with you. You don't need to hop on a plane and fly out here and treat me to a steak dinner. I mean, that'd be great. Come on out and treat me to a steak dinner, but we can probably make this decision in 30 minutes over the phone today and, and save us all a bunch of time and headache, right? So I think that's the part that I'm really kind of looking forward to finding out on the tail end of all this stuff. Yeah, there, there's there's going to be some drastic changes and uh, the customer journey, the customer experience is being re-engineered. It, it's being uh, shaken up. I think there's a saying, if it ain't broke, so most people say, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. My thing is, if it ain't broke, break it. And right now, <laughs> just given the circumstances, it's been shaken up, it's been broken. And uh, I love it because now we're seeing innovation. Now we're seeing progress. Now we're seeing improvement on the way things used to be. And now things are getting up leveled or if they're not getting up leveled, guess what? To all the listeners out there, if you're not up leveling, if your company is not up leveling, you will be extinct. Mm -hmm. You will disappear. You just won't be around here today, gone tomorrow. So essentially it's your choice in terms of what you do. You can say, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and I'm going to act like nothing changed. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't advise it. Or you can make the other choice and say, you know what? I'm going to hop on a board. I'm going to really put on my thinking cap and figure out how can I make sure that I keep the customer at the core? How can I make sure that their journey is optimal? How can I get close to them to understand what worked well and where were the areas of opportunity and then use those learnings to make sure that the next experience is even that much better. I'm just looking for 1% better with each engagement. Each day I'm looking to turn that needle, turn that dial 1% better. And when you look at it in the long run, Josh, 
Ooh, I think JJ said it best. Dynamite! <laughs> well, if you need anybody to come in and break things, Larry's got a bat for that. So you can reach out to Larry. He's got a big pink bat. He can come in and break all the things if you need him to. Larry, this has been awesome having you on here, man. Like, seriously, I'm really looking forward to, now that we know each other, uh, involving each other in more things moving forward. This is not the last time anyone listening to this is going to see or hear me and Larry together. I promise you that Larry is going to be a part of more stuff that we do from SalesReach moving forward. I would love to be a part of anything that you need me for on your end as well. But moving forward, anybody listening to this that maybe didn't know who you were, what are the best ways for them to check you out and you know just keep keep up with all the information you're putting out? Yeah, uh, I'm open on LinkedIn, love to connect, love to learn, love to share. Uh, I've been doing a midweek, midday motivational minute every Wednesday. Uh, sometimes I go live, sometimes it's a recorded video, but just really hopefully sharing insights that will inspire folks to achieve high performance. Uh, we talked about it early on in our conversation. We all have it within, but essentially we have to make the choice it's not the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You actually have to put in the work and you've got to decide and you've got to be intentional that, hey, I am going to make sure I act upon this. So would love to connect Larry Long Jr. on LinkedIn. I got to smile for a mile and would love to uh, engage with you. <laughs> I love it. I love the if you build it, they will come as well. Right. Because so many people I, my other podcast is called The Founders Mentality. And that is so many founders idea is like, look, if, if I just put this together, I'm sure all these people will show up. Nope. Nope. Look at all the work that it takes. Right. It's the same thing in sales. Right. Like you can't just build a pipeline and just wait for it to close. Like it's not going to close itself. That's not the way it works. Right. So, yeah, it's work. It's work every single day. And look, the guests that we've had on this show so far, I hope everybody's really like learning a lot from this because we've had people that come at it from so many different perspectives. Right. Um, but this one right here, the energy, man. I can't stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough. My company's hiring right now. And I've had interviews with people that are not bringing the energy, right? They're not bringing the energy to that interview. And I believe, I believe in the importance of that because like nobody wants to talk to somebody that doesn't keep them awake when they're having their conversations. They want to come away inspired. I don't know, Larry, I don't know if you get home at the end of the day and you just retreat to a dark room and you need like the tower of solitude or something where like you can't speak or if you just keep this going all day long, I have no idea. I'm going to pretend like you're able to keep it going all day long. I know I can't, but I'm going to pretend like you're the he-man that can right now. That's what I'm going to do. But Larry, this was so great having you on, man. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Josh, thank you so much. I want to say thank you to you. Thank you to SalesReach. And uh, just thank you to the listeners for taking the time, uh, as well as the viewers. The Buyer Enablement Podcast, truly a privilege and a pleasure. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. There we go. That's going to become the new the new commercial for the, the Buyer Enablement Podcast right there. So I'm not one take and it's done. Thank you, man. All right, I'm going to let you get back to your day. Thank you so much. And everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Check us out wherever you find your podcast. okay? Bye-bye.